Podcasting live from San Jose, California. It is the Dad Bod Rap Pod. I am one third of your host, Damone Carter, aka Dim One. I am joined by my dude Nate LeBlanc in a block, a blockbuster hat. Is that what I'm saying? It's block a blockhead hat, hat that is meant to look like a blockbuster hat. You've been fooled, haha, by your Man. own podcast co-host. I know, I know. Two Thank of you. your podcast co-hosts. Thank you. Thank you for uh for doing a silent promo for uh Talk Like Sex, <laughs> episode two, all up. Which in I your enjoyed. Areas. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Uh how are you doing, man? I'm good. Um normal day. Um uh, just happy to be here. Uh, I'm gonna talk about some new music, which we haven't done in a little bit, so I'm excited yeah. about that. And uh yeah, always good to chat with the bros. Yes, sir. And you know it's the start of fall when Dave throws on the hoodie. <laughs> Mr. Dave Ma, what's happening, bro? Hey, you guys. Good to see you guys. Yeah, man. I'm excited to talk about this Arm & Hammer project. Um, you know, those guys are still doing their thing, and um, we're still doing our thing, so it's really good to see you guys. Yeah, man. Um, we're reconvening here in Zoom to talk about the new Arm & Hammer record, We Buy Diabetic Test Strips, uh, which dropped last Friday. Um, got multiple DMs like, are you guys going to talk about Arm & Hammer? And I'm like, of course, we're going to talk about Arm & Hammer. Um, so, yeah, it, it, they have a new album out. Um, and what got me kind of thinking about, or I, I was making this juxtaposition, there was an article that came out recently that uh, Kevin Powell, um, who is, a, you know, I'll give him his hip hop cred. Yeah, he was on a, he was on the first Real World, which is an interesting starting point. But he's been a, a kind of a, uh, with Heather Heather B also right exactly him yeah, and Heather so there B was two, there was two hip hop uh, culture people on that first real world uh, season which is kind of interesting looking back isn't it and they've kind of made these interesting careers for themselves um, I actually when I was doing like youth work Kevin Powell wrote this book about like growing up as a young black man in in uh I believe Brooklyn and like we'd read excerpts of it to at risk youth and stuff that was another chapter in my life so dude is a writer obviously he has he has some hip hop cred going back but um he wrote one of these articles and I'll, I'll just read the title um it came out in political hip hop and america are changing and not for the better hip hop was rooted in politics and social justice and a diversity of voices, but now at 50, has it become a minstrel show? Um, very, very tough subhead there. Like that, yeah. that is such a charged phrase. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, I, I rolled my eyes pretty hard and I got to that part. <laughs> yeah. I, and it set off a lot of conversation in, in the Twitter sphere. Um, I wanted to kind of bounce this off you, Dave, as a person who's written for various publications. Um, do you feel like an article like this is something that is more easily pitched? I think to an so. editor. I definitely think so. And also, I mean, especially if the editorial um, uh, higher ups are just old white guys who are sort of um, disconnected anyways. Um, respect to Kevin Powell. Um, he, he spends about five paragraphs just legitimizing himself at the beginning of the article, which is fine. I guess my eyes are rolling tough, yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, he's done a lot of important work. So, you know, cool. Good for him. Um, but it's just like, um, every five years, hip hop is dead article. Um, and that's what exactly this felt like. Um, he talks about, um, you know, his world. I mean, he talks about the history of hip hop really tough and that's great. Yeah. But, um, 
it's like he's purposefully um, omitting, you know, the Nas, Nas's of the world, the black thoughts of the world. And when he's talking mm-hmm. about, he's really talking about like stadium rap, you know, yeah. he doesn't even, he kind of blurs the line, brings it up, brings up some things regarding the culture. But ultimately, um, I thought this is an article that if you told me that somebody wrote this in 1995, I could have, I would have believed it. Oh man. Uh, I know what you mean by that. It's, it's a tried and true take. It's, it's something that has been swirling in hip hop for years. I mean, I think you can go back to the early nineties and rappers were already starting to complain about the changes in the culture and, and who's in and who's out. Um, Full Nate, disclosure, uh, he, I, th- I'm reading it. I'm not reading it. I'm scanning it for the first time because I forgot to do my homework today, teacher. But um, I'm looking at the article and they say this stock photo is of Kendrick and it is clearly not. It looks like it's a Bobby Brown or something. <laughs> you guys know what I'm talking about? Do you remember see? that part hold, when he's talking on. to Kendrick? They, it doesn't have page numbers, but it's like it's almost to the to the end. And they're, oh I'm like, God. that's not Kendrick. Kendrick doesn't wear pants like that. He doesn't wear his hat like that. He didn't have his stage lit on this tour like that. Like, that is not, that's, this gentleman is much taller than Kendrick. Like, oh, that's so hilarious. I, I know this is neither here nor there, and it's not a visual art form uh, podcasting, but um, it, he's also kind of in the part where I'm scanning at the moment, trying to say like, oh, Kendrick does all that, but that doesn't matter because my point still stands. And I'm like, no, he's the biggest guy. And it does yeah. matter. <laughs> right. He brings up Kendrick rightfully as a sort of counterexample to like the Cardi B's of the world, but also um, that sort of just shows all the other stuff he's omitting. You know what I mean? Um, right. When, again, if he's just talking about rap, I mean, and, and you know, uh, the maturation of it and its practitioners, um, he doesn't bring up Andre or Black Thought or Nas or even Jay-Z. He brings up right. Jay-Z uh, from, a, from a business standpoint. Mm. Uh, but then you know he even brings up Takashi, and it's like, come on, man, come yeah. on. That, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, I'm true. I'm I'm at the end, and he just said, uh, "Hip hop needs more chance the rappers and Toby in weak ways." So <laughs> I just don't think we're talking about the same thing, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. No, no, I kind of feel like um, I couldn't figure out if he is just not up on what's happening or he just chose to admit it to make a stronger point and to kind of sell this article i think he's not up on the kind of stuff we like to talk about and think about and the people we like to interview and stuff like that and he's choosing not to talk about like like a black thought is a perfect person where it's like yeah it might not be top of the billboard charts but that's a famous person he's on the tonight show he's on broadway he's well known absolutely to multiple different types of fans not just uh people who really care about lyrics so yeah, yeah, I don't know, dude. I mean, I'm I'm never pushing for the um, uh, bringing up uh, J Cole, but uh, he he doesn't yeah. pull on this. You know, what J I mean? Cole talks about stuff. Right. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, it's his like his conception of rap, and he does have a point that like Tribe was on a major label and mm-hmm. speaking to a larger audience than like say a uh, I I don't know who, but J Cole is a perfectly fine example. Let's just stick with that. Uh, but I don't know, man. He just seems a little out of touch with like who's really talking, who, what, who, what people are really talking about. And like, usually the dumb shit is what rises to the top. Like, right. that's also not new. Right. Exactly. And it seems like he just basically just stopped listening after 1998. I mean, he li- literally mentions 1998 post as not really having anything. And it's right. like, the, 
the picture that they use in this has Lauren Hill in it. It's like, dude, we can't keep talking about that. Like, yeah, that's so long ago now. That's a classic rock album now. You know, what I mean? <laughs> twenty five <laughs> years. Yeah, yeah, that is like we're we're that's like that's the last time you checked in on something. Like, you know, where's No Name in this? We brought this up before. Mm. Is more diverse now than ever. You know, subgenres have subgenres, and I bet this guy does not know plenty of things that we discuss. And and it's okay. I mean, um, you know, uh, it's okay to be forward with your ignorance. But like, he's trying to claim all this history. I mean, he even brings up Bombada, and I'm like, mm, not not right now. I know, unqualified too. It was it was yeah. a very interesting uh, mention. Weird that Politico's editors didn't catch that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm sure Harry Allen doesn't head up their department, you know. What I, mean? <laughs> I was joking. Yeah. It's not weird at all. That was yeah. a joke. Yeah. Uh, Where's Jan yeah. Warner when you need him? Nah. Um, so I, I kind of I brought up that article because um, I thought the discourse around it, and then also um, the coming of a new Arm and Hammer record is kind of a, a good juxtaposition in the sense that um, what Kevin Powell, his blind spot, appears to be rap of the last twenty five years. And I feel Especially like that's not like billboard chart type. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. He's kind of denying the, the existence of. Sorry, I, I can't let it go quite yet. He doesn't mention. I don't think he mentions a single rapper from the South. I don't think so. Yeah. Like, like, I mean, say what you uh, Scarface, Little yeah. Wayne, like they, they talk about a lot of different things. Like they're not <laughs> they're not not talking about social issues like let's mention Wayne. But again, it's like you're choosing to fixate on Wayne going dumb. Not when Wayne is. Yeah, smart. right, right, right. And it's it's so a lot of this article comes across to me as cherry picking to support this initial argument that once again, hip hop is dead. Is there minstrelsy in rap music? I would say yes and no. Like there's there's That's definitely like the second best little brother album, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> um and so I I'm I'm not sure uh what what to make of it when folks who are not currently engaged with the culture offer these like broad critiques. It kind of feels a, a little bit cheesy and also um, you know, I think in other disciplines, maybe I'm wrong because I dropped out of college. <laughs> but I, I think in other disciplines, it's you have to demonstrate that you kind of actually know what you're talking about before proclaiming the depth of it or saying this, these are the major themes. So there was something amiss in that. And uh, plenty of people um, on uh, hip hop Twitter uh, at Dad Bod Rap Pod, we're still there, um, <laughs> it called out kind of the, the bullshitness of, of it. Um, but yeah, it, it, it kind of. It, it got me thinking going into this new Arm and Hammer record, which they're not a mainstream act, quote unquote. But we we got a we got a piece in the New York Times and but the they Washington are the biggest Post. Rap act on Fat Possum. They are the fattest <laughs> possum um, exists. I'm like we went from Fat Beats to Fat Possum. I like it. Um, That's a good line. Yeah. So they 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 are not nobody. Right. They've definitely achieved kind of a, a critical darling, uh, a critic's darling status in, in the mainstream media, which, as an aside, refuses to stylize their names. I was like, oh, we're just not doing it because I shout out to Marcus J. Moore, who did the uh, the New York Times piece. I'm like, I know he knows. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah. And even the Washington Post piece, too, was just like they're not Billy, doing that. Billy Capital Woods. Yeah. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, it's been interesting. So they, they've gotten, um, probably more shine than ever, right? Like with each release, they're clearly on like, the come up. Yeah. They're, they're kind of ascendant. And so 
listening to we buy diabetic test strips on friday night i just i kept kind of going back to like wanting to go to kevin powell's house and be like listen to this right. he said henry kissinger totally. was his only feature are you serious yeah. um but I, I wanted to get you guys as uh you guys' takes on the album a lot of folks have reached out to us through dms on various channels to want to know if we were going to share our thoughts on the album we talked to armin hammer individually a couple times i think we talked to them together once no at least once maybe twice yeah yeah we we, we've lost track now but we've been really um kind of tracking their growth and development and doing shows about it for damn near like five years now um so nate we'll start with you we buy diabetic test strips did you have expectations coming in and if so where they met, exceeded. Did you want to hear something else? Uh, okay, I will try to answer the questions in order with a little bit of a preamble. Um, one, never been more glad to be out of the discourse. It's actually really fun to like. One, I completely missed this Politico article and all the talk about it, so that's great. Lo- loving having that time back in my life. But on the Arben Hammer thing, I yeah, expectations are always high because I really enjoy these artists, and they had been kind of teasing in other interviews or things I would read, not posts necessarily, because I'm not seeing them, that this was kind of a, they're returning to more of like a paraffin, like a more chaotic sound, where right. if uh, shrines and haram were a little bit, I don't want to say softer, that's certainly not Smoother? what I mean. But if, I know if, what you're going for. Yeah, yeah, a little bit more, like I had a little less rough edges that their next project, the two of them was going to be a little bit more noisy, I think is the word mm. that Woods used. Mm-hmm. And that might've been him saying that at a show. I don't actually remember where I heard that. I'm sure someone else knows where he actually said it but so in the back of my mind i've been like all right well bring the noise dude like i'm ready for that that sounds awesome i love paraffin i uh still you know it it might just be because it's the first one that i really locked into and really got them on and that was a very chaotic time so it was like really sounded really like kind of industrially and kind of noisy and i was really into that um and i've really enjoyed watching their growth but so i did have some expectations that it would be kind of noisy that it would be really good because they're really good and i especially woods i just think is his writing keeps getting better and better and i didn't really think that was possible and he's like just probably i was doing a live text thing in our chat thread like i'm like oh my god this line oh my god that line like i think the first thing i typed was wood still has his fastball like this is nutty um so yeah i had high expectations they were completely met um, I kind of forgot that, that it, Friday was album day, so it wasn't until like the mid-afternoon that I got to hear it, but I ran it twice, back-to-back, basically, and um, really, I think it's a really, really good record. Like, I'm really not into, like, underground rap right now, which sounds weird to say on my underground rap podcast, but, like, I just haven't been listening to a ton of, like, indie rap, and um, I did like Maps, I really liked Mike's last record, and then I really like this, so... Um, I think it's a fantastic record. There's a lot to pick apart and um, expectations were certainly met. Right on, right on. See, Arm & Hammer even reaches the Leadites who are not <laughs> trolling Twitter every day. Dave, um, we've had a couple of little side discussions about some of the singles. It was kind of like every time a single would come out, we'd be like, yeah, Do we like it. What's happening? What's coming? How did how did the album land for you? Um, ultimately, ultimately, it's great. And, um, you know, I hate myself for even doubting it to begin with, but it's sort of, it's just sort of when it, um, when it entered my day, you know, um, they, they keep making challenging records, you know, the, this, this record makes Harem 
seem like an easy listening traditional album, you know, um, but in a good way um, to, to Nate's point. I mean, Woods's writing is just fucking stellar. I mean, it's, it's superb as usual. Um, I love the production on this. It started off a little slow for me. Like I was just like in my house doing stuff and I just wasn't really catching it, you know, um, on the second listen, like I said, it's challenging, but in the best way they're consistently pushing the envelope. I mean, like, what are they going to do? Like their music eventually is just going to be like fractals of like images and flips and beeps. Like it's just so envelope pushing. I don't know where they're going to go next. Um, I love the track um, when it doesn't start with the kiss. I love this mm. the switch up on that. I think JPEG Mafia produced that one. And um, that's the one where Woods talks about losing four zips in the laundry. Oh, it's so incredible. Good. That was great. Yeah. It's so incredible. Poppy, I, be careful. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Visual. She says that. Oh, it's yeah. so good. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, like I said, it, some of the production off top, I mean, the, the single with LP, I'm like, oh, my God, on paper, like I'm just sitting there with a boner. You know what I mean? Right. right, right. <laughs> right. And then it didn't really catch me. And then like, you know, on my fourth listen, I'm like, okay, okay. Yeah. So um, overall, love this album. I'm going to even need probably a little bit more time for it. Uh, more Digest. time. Um, as is most things that are, you know, um, very thoughtfully um, ahead of its time. You know, it takes, yep. it takes some people a little bit to catch up. And I'm one of those people and I'm grateful for when I'm in that boat, you know. Um, yeah, here for it. Um, love it. I'm not sure where it ranks in the hierarchy of... Arm and Hammer albums. I really like her on still. Yeah. Can, can I make a comment before I, I really want to hear your thoughts, Damone, but I just want to say something based on what Dave just said. Like sometimes, and especially watching them live, uh, you get the sense that like it's two solo artists doing mm. their thing over mm. the same beat. Like, you know how like we've yeah. talked about this multiple times, like when Woods is rapping, Elucid recedes to the back. Sometimes yep. he fiddles with the computer or whatever. When Elucid has the front of the stage and he's like swinging his arms all crazy and right. like really getting into it, Woods is crouching in the back, like hiding his face. This record sounds like a group. Like oh, they're more, okay. I feel like they're okay. a little bit more intertwined. They're like building off of each other in a different way. And I don't know, that's maybe I'm making that up, but I'm, I, I feel like this is, I, I'm like, how do they keep getting, you know, like, I feel like it's a little bit more cohesive, a little bit more intertwined. Mm -hmm. And I think we should talk about the guests yeah, at some yeah. point before we wrap yeah. here and who, like how, where the guests are coming from in the kind of indie rap universe. But um, I just wanted to say that because what Dave said just kind of sparked it. And I was like, this feels like them as a group rather than two crazy solo MCs who happen to be doing projects together. Yeah, it, it doesn't have the feel of a super group. It's like their their chemistry, I think, is is on full display here and kind of like they're at the height of their powers, right? And so I feel like the record for me, Dave, I'm with you. It took me a couple of, uh, I didn't really tap in until like track five. I keep a mirror in my pocket, uh, with Cavalier, uh, who, who offers a great feature, but it, it, it didn't, it didn't really, um, it didn't really grab me. Right. And I think it's that thing you were talking about, Dave. I had the same thought of like, because Arm and Hammer, especially at this phase in the game, is giving nothing away. You get nothing cheap here. There's a way that they could have done this to be a lot more straightforward. Um, they could have done things that like um, are just more kind of raw meat type of stuff for fans. Um, but they kept it challenging. They somehow upped the bar on that because I felt Haram in some ways was challenging. But you're right. This record kind of pushes that even further. 
Um, so I was I was definitely impressed. It was a bit of a slow burn for me in the beginning. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I feel like once they once you maybe it's not they once I um, kind of locked in and said, you know what, this is going to take my actual listening, listening like Rome Streets came out the same day. I really like that record. Um, it's a much easier record, right? Like the what I, it's easier to digest. And part of me is like the genius of Arm and Hammer is it's not always easy to digest. I mean, I think Woods is giving you the most clarity and there's like those lines you can hang on to. Uh, white women with pepper spray in their purse interpolating Beyonce, <laughs> illegal formations. Like that's just kiss. That's kind a of beautiful line. line. Uh, hard truths like cheesecake is a pie. <laughs> like, uh, exactly. Oh, good. I also love, like um, it's this feels like it's for the fans in, in, in the sense yeah. of all the uh, references to his other work, the SpongeBob yes. reference and things like that. It's yes. like, oh, oh my God. that one's for us. Exactly. And and they know they have this loyal, rabid fan base. And so it's really just for us in that sense. The Even the LP song, which I think is the biggest kind of reach, I, I would call that like run the hammer. Um <laughs> <laughs> in terms of like, okay, we're going to use this rolling 808 thing that works so well for, for Run the Jewels, but they do it in such a way that is like completely Arm & Hammer. It's challenging. It's, it has depth of reference. Um, Elucid in particular, I, I know sometimes the the punchlininess of uh, Woods and especially the level of clarity he's writing with, his stuff jumps off the page right now. You're just like, oh, shit. But first listen is all like oh shit wood said this oh shit wood said wood that said like that. sixth listen you're like oh shit elucid said that yeah, and totally. it, it, it goes back to your thing nate of like they have this chemistry right where elucid is like incense smoke and it's swirling and it's just kind of around but you can't grab it you never know what he's gonna say you never yeah. know what the rhyme scheme is you're like yeah is he singing um, i always go back to like oh he told us he's like this shit is psychedelic yeah. So you're getting kind of this psychedelic mystic thing. And then Woods comes in with a hardcore fucking polemic that just pokes holes in everything. Jimmy Baldwin's not walking through that door. I literally like had to run it back. I'm like, did he really say that? <laughs> like, yeah, that's fucking amazing. And so I think it's it's the the fluidity mixed with the hard rhymes. And let's talk a little bit about the beats and the features um they brought along the cast of characters kind of like uh you dance with the partner that got you there um they mm-hmm. they brought along a familiar cast of characters i'm not a big jpeg mafia guy and so um uh the siri uh woke up and asked siri how i'm gonna die didn't really land for me um but we we've got some quality uh august Fanon on here mm-hmm. we got steel tip dub with one of the maniest beats um, I've heard in some time y'all can't stand right there. <laughs> um, like literally freaking amazing. Um, I know it's just a scratched in sample, but how great is it to hear Doom on a Arm and Hammer track? Hammer track. It's was just, just like, a- man, yeah. what could have been? Oh man, totally, totally. Yeah, it got Kenny Siegel. We've yeah. got preservation. preservation. We've got. God. um child actor who's done great work with them in the past it's and i i feel like the lp thing is like that's a big get for them right oh, yeah. and like yeah there's there's connections obviously and it's all the same scene but like um lp's just on a different level um yeah and it uh two uh vocal performances by 
jungle p word i feel weird saying it um does she look like a spliff to you um <laughs> uh, talking about jungle pussy yeah um, uh i i have not really listened to a lot of her music i remember when she was kind of like the big deal um in like indie stuff at, at the time but i uh it liked her as an actor in that um uh movie support the girls did you guys see that no i did not I didn't know she had it. It's like about a group of young women who work in like kind of a restaurant and uh, Regina Hall is the manager. And uh, that girl, Haley Lou Richardson from the white Lotus is in it. It came out a huh. couple of years ago. It's a good movie. Okay. It kind of all takes place in the same day. And it's just like the travails of these women. Regina Hall is amazing in it. Oh, like, yeah. It's so yeah, good. Everything. Yeah. They, that's a good movie. Oh, um, did not, did not know that. Um, yeah. But yeah, jungle pussy shows up twice on this record. Um, and both times I think she has a particular, you know, approach and way she does it, but it totally works. It's kind of like there's a, a mis- mishmash of voices. They include women's voices a lot. You get Fielded's on here, more mothers on here. Um, but before we get off the production thing, I just have to say for me, the beat that's like making my brain ooze out of my ear is, um, Telegram by, uh, mm by set no switchboard excuse me uh switchboard which is done by seb bash um yeah towards the end i'm i'm just it's an astonishing mix of like really forward thinking production that somehow all fits like we said like five different producers and it somehow all fits cohesively uh you know we've got good features like the right amount uh to, to my ear um I thought the Cavalier verse was incredible. I really, really thought that was a good addition to the album. Uh, Curly Castro is usually on yes. these things. He showed up in a great way. Pink Sifu doing kind of like his Ensley flow, not yeah. singing, not doing his trap flow. He's doing his like indie rap flow. I thought that I was love, really good. Love, love. Um, no Quelle Chris, which I thought was kind of interesting. He's almost always on these and like always a welcome presence. Right. Yeah, it's 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 a unique record in their catalog. I think it it is kind of doubling back to more of a paraffin thing, but um, with some new flavors and arrangements, it gets a little bit industrial. Um, it just it has a lot going for it, and so I'm glad that it's getting the shine that it's it's getting right now. Um, and I think we are blessed in the sense of hip hop is not dead. Like the shit is so like creatively vital. Um, they even talk about social issues who knew um <laughs> non-minstrelsy exists within the genre um but but i guess where i'm going with it and it's kind of going back to today's point the best new rap is challenging so for people who cry and complain about oh what happened to rap and then you put arm and hammer in front of them and they don't know what to do with it right it's because the greatness is in the nuance the greatness is is there for you if you've been paying attention it's not in the same way of like Big Daddy Kane pulling off a, a metaphor. Like we're past that now. We're doing different things, right? Yeah, we're and almost so, 40 years past that. <laughs> so and and so let a thing grow, right? And it kind of just reminds me of like uh when not reminds me because I wasn't there, but like when people wholesale with hate on fusion, right? Like, Miles, you're not doing the things that we loved that you did in the 50s. And it's like, yeah, because that was the 50s. Mm-hmm. And now we're moving on to something different, right? So um hip-hop is not dead uh shout out if you got paid for your little think piece to uh to say that it is uh but it is not armin hammer is 
living proof of that. Shout out to Woods and Lucid, the whole Backwoods team movement. Shout out to Blockhead, uh, who has a new record called The Ox coming out on Backwoods. That is one of those like crazy comps that has yeah, like every rapper every, you everybody like. Everybody we like is on that record. It's awesome. Yeah, it's it's so good. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna flex and say that I got the advance, but I did. And it is so good. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, that whole sector, that whole movement um, is moving. And it's like, not only am I happy for this great piece of work, but like, I'm happy for all involved because most of those people are super dope artists, cool human beings. And so um, love, love to see it. So that 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 was our, our piece on Arm & Hammer. Thank you guys for tapping in. Um, we, you know, just because we don't listen to every new indie rap record doesn't mean we don't listen to indie rap at all. Um, <laughs> so we'll we'll keep coming back periodically to jump in. Thanks to everybody who's been uh, peeping the retro episodes. Um, we got many, many more in store. Stay tuned. Dead bod. Rap pod.